Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi there, this is Chloe Brotheridge. Welcome to the Karma You podcast. It is the place to be to start becoming your calmest, happiest, and most confident self. I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution. I'm also a hypnotherapist, and I specialize in helping people with anxiety. So this week, I am chatting to my good friend, Angelique Panagos. She is a nutritional therapist, and she's the author of The Balance Plan which is an incredible book designed to help you to balance your hormones and Angelique will share a little bit about that. We also get into the sorts of issues that having an imbalance in hormones can create for you and she shares about how things like stress and lack of sleep can impact our hormones, how what we eat has a massive impact on our hormone levels So if you suffer from anything like PMS or polycystic ovaries or even things like endometriosis, this is definitely a must listen for you. But we all have hormones, so it's essential for anyone, I would say. Angelique also shares some really simple, actionable changes that you can make to your diet to start to really bring your body back into balance. I also just wanted to share that my online program, Your Calmest Self, is going to be opening its doors next week. That's on the 23rd of April, 2018. And if you want to join or if you want to find out more about that, keep an eye on your emails if you're subscribed to my newsletter. Or keep an eye on my Instagram if we're just connected on Instagram. And I will share all the details about that. And if you're maybe someone that wants to work with me but doesn't live in London or you know, is not in a position to work with me one-on-one at the moment, then this program is an incredible way to give you the tools to manage your own anxiety. And it includes hypnotherapy MP3s, loads of worksheets and videos and support from me. And um, people get really, really good progress following this program. So definitely keep an eye on that. It's going to be available at karmau.com forward slash program from next week. And I only run it twice a year. So if you're keen to join me in this program, next week is the time to do that. So let's get into the interview with Angelique. Welcome, Angelique. Thanks so much for joining me today. How are you? Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm great, thank you. I hope you're well. Yeah, really well, thank you. Really well. And it's really good to chat to you again. I was just reflecting on how we met, which was probably, I want to say like five years ago or something when we met. I was thinking... I was thinking about that today and I was thinking it, it's definitely been around five, if not more. Yeah. And I think, I'm sure we'd, we'd knew, we'd known each other on Twitter and we were Twitter yeah. friends and we'd, you know, 
interact on Twitter and then our eyes met across a room at a networking event <laughs> and it was it, it was, was packed I remember that I think there was about 80 people or something it's one of these networking Easy. events which is quite intimidating you have to go around the table and everyone has to stand up and introduce themselves and I was like oh I know her and I saw Angelique across the room um and it was the start of a beautiful friendship and and Absolutely. I um I came to see you as a client um into your nutritional therapy practice and I remember I you know I've I've studied nutrition I've got a degree in nutrition and it's not the same as your degree mine is much more a kind of public health degree um mm -hmm. And I really needed that next level of knowledge and experience. And I, I don't know if you remember this, Angelique, but I came into your office and half my eye had gone completely red. It was, I don't know, I don't even know what you'd call it. I think it was due to inflammation, but basically it looked yeah. really weird. If you can imagine, basically half my eye was completely bloodshot. It looked really weird. Oh, now that you say that, I absolutely remember that. And I remember how yeah. it was just, you felt so like terrible about it and you were so mm. self-conscious about it as well and um I just really wanted to help and I remember thinking before you came in I was like oh god I know her and she's a nutritionist <laughs> <laughs> you, you suddenly have this like um almost a crisis of confidence because you think how can I help um and I'm so glad that I was able to that was amazing and and I remember actually within four days of seeing you the the red eye went I could walk up, I had this thing where I'd walk up escalators and just feel exhausted, like my muscles were completely drained, I didn't have energy, my digestion was terrible, that was a big reason why I was coming to see you, yeah. and within yeah. literally days of following your advice it helped me, so I owe you a lot, I've got a lot to, to be <laughs> grateful so for pleased. you. And then, we should thank Twitter, Yeah, have a little moment and thank Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> for bringing us together. Um, and so you recently published your book The Balance Plan and it's amazing, lots and lots of scientific information there but also in a very easy to access way and you've explained everything really well and you've got beautiful recipes and um, meal plans and things for people um, but just for I suppose for people that don't know you and don't know anything mm. about you can you can you tell us you know what it is that you do and how you how you came to become a nutritional therapist and, and write your book absolutely and I think um, so many of us have a story and it's definitely my story that brought me to where I am today and I'm like the too much information girl. I love to share the story as well because in hopes that it will help people realize that they're not alone because we all seem to be following this almost similar health journey, but the details are, are different for everyone's mm. lives. And I feel that it's definitely like my health journey that made me think, hang on, I need to change something because I can't feel this rubbish all the time. And that's exactly what was happening. I was just feeling this low grade, terrible, and um, it wasn't something that happened overnight either. And I think that's quite an important thing that I keep reminding myself of. And when I'm working with clients is like, it doesn't just happen overnight. So therefore the fix can't just happen overnight either. So these quick fix diet books out there that are actually causing more harm than good are something that I, I read so many of them and was following all these fad diets and, and doing all these things that was actually um, causing more harm than good. But if I think back to where it all began, you know, I think it, it stems from like teenage years. And um, I'm Greek Italian, first of all, mm. born and bred in sunny South Africa. And that means that I've eaten a lot. Um, 
coming from that sort of um, ethnic background and also the whole South African culture, there's a lot of food involved with everything. So from a young age, I had a vested interest in making sure that there was food on my plate. Mm -hmm. And um, I um, used to eat purely for like the taste and flavor, not listening to any hunger signals. From a very young age, that was definitely my thing. And um, my mum was always into naturopathy and homeopathy and, um, and nutrition. And, you know, so from a young age, I also understood the mechanisms of like the body can really feel its best when, you, when you're giving it the right foods. But in my 20s, uh, I'd say late teens, early 20s, I completely lost my way and I, I partied like a rock star. <laughs> and you know, I drank all night. I drank coffee all day to stay awake after that. And you know, my hormones, which from a very young age, I had this like really love-hate relationship with, um, just spiraled out of control. So I started my period really young at the age of 10. Right. And um, it w I was so young that I thought I pooped out of my front bum. You know, it's just, just like I had no idea what was going on. Oh, I, was yeah. the first, I was the first girl in my class to wear a bra, you know, because my breasts had grown. And, you know, I was just it was horrible from the beginning. I was going home because I was nauseous from period cramps. And, you know, that went right into adulthood where I was going home from 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 work because my period were so debilitating and um, I went through this like rock star phase and then during that phase my periods like disappeared wow and I thought that was a great thing I was really pleased I thought thank god mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the thing was they had disappeared but the PMS stayed so uh, even though I didn't have a period I still had this terrible PMS so I was like an absolute oh, cow to be around and um, my wife my white, what is that? Sorry, my weight spiraled out of control as well. And um, I then decided I'm going to lose weight. And I did it in the most unhealthy yet really common way of developing like disordered eating. And then that led, unfortunately, into full blown eating disorders. And, you know, I, I put I put some of the blame on the um, those fad diets that I was reading. Mm the ones where they promise this weight loss in like a week or two and you're basically not eating anything and you, you almost become scared to eat food after that. Um, and I think that's where it just kept spiraling out of control. And so, you know, I went through anorexia, bulimia, obsessive compulsive overeating or binge eating disorder. And at that stage, you know, I wasn't menstruating for 90 days plus at a time. And um, I got to a point where I just needed to, to take back control because I felt like hormones were controlling me and that's what led me to where I am today because I decided I was going to study nutrition and become this person that can help myself so I can help others and um, I'm so pleased I did because mm. it helped me so much and I'm able to to help others as well and um, I just can't imagine life if I hadn't done that it just it was not I don't know how to word this without it sounding really fluffy but you know it was it was not I was not leading my best life mm, yeah and I was didn't actually realize that I had I was I had the reins to that life in my hands and I was letting it lead me instead of actually taking control and 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 um I use the word loosely or in inverted commas but but fix myself yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's so interesting that you, you'd found that link there because I think for lots of us, we just assume if our hormones are a certain way, then that's just the way we are. And, you know, there's, mm. maybe it's a genetic reason or, you know, we don't have any control over it. And actually, there are things that, that can be done in order to um, balance hormones and, and feel better. Um, mm. Can you talk a bit about the link between diet and, and hormones and stress um, in particular? And I think, you know, there's, there's such a strong link. And we live in this modern world where we just like little heads with legs and we're just rushing from one thing to the other. So we, instead of going through times of acute stress where it's a stressful situation, you deal with it, it's over and you carry on with your day, we're like in this chronic stress state. Mm. And we, we don't actually realize it because we're in it. So we, we're continuously in this fight or flight. And convenience is at its absolute highest at the moment. And you can buy these food, I call them food-like products. You can buy these food-like products wherever you are. You can even get a chocolate while you're queuing in the post office. So, um, you know, with these foods comes lack of nutrients, unfortunately. So we're feeling full, but we're actually not giving our body the nutrients that it needs. And for hormones to work and to synthesize and to for this whole process to happen, I call it this Viennese waltz that happens within the body. For that to happen, we need these building blocks. We need the cofactors, and they come from a diet that's rich in vitamins and minerals and fiber and protein and good fats and complex carbohydrates. But in today's modern age, it's very easy to live a life that's filled with sugar, refined carbohydrates, trans or bad fats, um, lacking in nutrients and lacking in fiber. So we're not actually living the life that we're genetically programmed to live. And yes, genes come into play where it comes where it comes to hormonal conditions. But what we know about epigenetics now is that we can actually switch on those genes or switch off those genes through the diet that we eat. Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, what do you tend to see in your clinic and from you know the people that you've spoken to? What sort of hormonal issues do you come across? Mm, and you know what? I feel like it's increasing and I see it more and more. And I don't know if that's because we are finding our voice and we're talking about it more. Because I remember when I was at school and well into my 20s, you never said the word period out loud. They never said, oh, I'm on my period or I'm missing my period or I haven't started my period. They were quite, you almost whispered those words. Yeah. And I think we, we're talking about periods more and we're talking about that our bleed's heavy and we're talking about pain and we're talking about them missing or we having miscarriages and we, we're talking about these things more. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of both. Like the things are increasing as well as we're finding our voice and we're actually verbalizing what's happening. But I see a lot of PMS. I see a lot of polycystic ovary syndrome, which is something that I have as well. I see a lot of endometriosis, um, fertility issues, miscarriages, fibroids, and, you know, just not feeling our best. And there's so many symptoms that you know something's going on with your hormones, um, that you are aware that it's hormone related. But there's those other ones, which I call my silent symptoms, which you might not be linking the two together. And I see a lot of that as well in clinic. And that can be something where your weight is distributed. So if it's around the middle or if it's around your thigh and hip area, um, then we're looking at different um, hormonal mechanisms coming into play. 
Gosh, that's so interesting that, yeah, things like where your weight might be distributed could be a, a hormonal, hormonal factors involved. And uh, yeah, I've certainly become more aware myself of things like um, polycystic ovaries and um, endometriosis. I think people are talking about it more. Um, and it's such a shame that it's been something that has been, you know, people have been suffering in, in silence and mm. not, not getting help or not realising that it's something that you can sort of get help for so it's good that we're talking about it more and I find that stress you know just going back to what you said earlier about you know the, the link with stress um the message of stress overrides any other message in the body and that's what it should do right so it, it overrides your hormonal messages because you know stress is an acute thing something's about to eat you you're stepping out in front of a car you need to have that split second decision-making, that fight or flight needs to be engaged. And so what I mean by that is that if you're about to be eaten by a lion, you know, that stress response that's happening there will divert blood away from the digestion. You don't need to be digesting your lunch. You're about to become lunch. You don't need to be thinking about reproduction because you don't know if you're going to be there in the next couple of minutes. Mm. So um, stress has this amazing ability to override and that cortisol is really interesting. And we're finding out, and I mean, that's what I love about science, is that we keep learning. We're learning all the time. And, you know, the, what, we, what we know is that cortisol is, is a, a hormone that can override and, and take preference over your sex hormones for progesterone, for example. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is very simply put, um, if we look at how hormones are, are synthesized, you know, we, we take in fats and cholesterol from the diet and that gets broken down into what we call the mother hormone which is pregnenolone and then that gets put into different pathways and it doesn't decide what pathways it goes into so it doesn't say oh a little bit can go in here a little bit in there it it goes by what's happening within your lifestyle you know so if you're highly stressed it's going to favor making cortisol above making your sex hormones progesterone estrogen testosterone for example. That's fascinating, isn't it? So so if you're in a state of chronic stress or anxiety, then it can really have an impact on those those hormones and you know, no yeah. wonder there's there's that link there between, you know, hormone imbalances and, and things like anxiety and stress and how it can be a bit of a vicious cycle sometimes. I remember after my I so I've had two miscarriages and um and they were like really terrible times. And I've drawn from each of those experiences. And I remember, I think it was after the first miscarriage, I messaged you and I said, I need a session with you, please, because I just can't get out of the stress response that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if I wanted to start balancing my hormones again and, you know, get back on the, on the fertility journey that I was on, then I needed to, to calm down. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I needed to stop stressing and I needed help with that because when you're in that stress response, sometimes you just really can't see a way out. I think, um, we all need to take measures to, to balance our stress and particularly if you're going through something in your life um, that is putting extra pressure on things, then I think mm. just doing what you can to really look after yourself and asking for help um, is, is going to be the best thing that you can do in that situation yeah totally um, agree and so so yeah so you, you I know you mentioned a lot about this in your your book the kind of link between 
sugar and, and hormones mm. and kind of sugar addiction. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that and how that yeah. uh, plays a role? Absolutely. I mean, I think sugar is definitely in the media. We're either talking about it, thinking about it, or eating it. <laughs> it's just like, and it's everywhere. Um, and I always think, like, when I speak to people, when they say to me, oh, it's really hard to cut out sugar. I say, Absolutely it is. And I've been there. I, you know, I'm the girl that used to eat all the chocolate. I used to night feed, you know, one of the, now that I understand that that was one of the conditions that I had, you know, where I'd wake up in the middle of the night, semi-conscious, semi-aware of what I was doing. Um, possibly if I, I possibly could have talked myself out of it, but I would eat during the night and it was always sugary food. Wow, yeah. And the way sugar works is, is really interesting because when people say, oh, you can't be addicted to it, sugar works with, with releasing endorphins and working on your opiate receptors in the brain. So there's a lot of things that are involved with your addiction to sugar or your, your need to eat it. And um, so it's, it's the pleasure, it's how you feel after, it's, um, and the taste, you know. And as, as humans, we're actually programmed to seek out sweet things in hunter-gatherer times at maybe a berry bush or a beehive so that we could almost gorge on that and then store the energy for later on in for later use um but we're not hunter gatherers anymore and unfortunately there's just sugar everywhere and what this what it does with hormones in particular is really interesting so when we eat high sugary foods they um it increases our blood sugar level and we can only have a certain amount of blood sugar in our blood at any time and blood sugar is really important you know it helps to fuel the muscles fuel the brain um and basically it's like petrol in your tank if you want to be driving your car you need to have petrol so that's how glucose uh works in the body mm. and um but if we're eating really high sugary diet or refined carbohydrate diet that sends our blood sugar up too high and that's when your pancreas gets involved and it secretes insulin now when we talk about hormones people don't often talk about insulin but um, I mention it a lot in my book because it plays a major role in a lot of things and that insulin in particular these elevated insulin I call them like your insulin peaks it's called hyperinsulinemia where you have these continuous peaks and troughs with insulin so it should be more like molehills as opposed to mount everest happening in the body mm-hmm. um what happens then is it actually stimulates the ovaries to produce more testosterone wow yeah so that so that's the one thing that it does the other thing that it does is it also stimulates the something called aromatase which converts testosterone to estrogen Another thing which it does is it reduces something called sex hormone binding globulin, which is a, a peptide, so a protein hormone that's uh, secreted from the liver, which actually keeps your free testosterone in check. So if we think about it, when we've got testosterone and estrogen whizzing around in the body, we need some control measures. And um, the sex um, hormone binding globulin, I call them my sheepdogs, and it actually keeps the free testosterone in check, so it only lets out the right amount. Right. Um, so, but, sorry, carry on. Sorry, I was just going to ask, so what is the, but you're probably getting to this, but what is the effect of having that extra 
testosterone and that extra estrogen yeah 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 can you talk about the effects of that yeah absolutely so um elevated testosterone so with polycystic ovaries um it's the syndrome so PCOS um it's testosterone and insulin driven so um, when you've got elevated testosterone, you can um, have more, be more prone to acne, for example, oilier skin, uh, be more aggressive, um, at least to fertility issues in women. Uh, if you have elevated estrogen, uh, then you can have tender breasts before periods. Um, you can have that, remember I said about that weight around the hip and waist area, mm. hip and thigh area. That could be an indication of um, excess estrogen. Um, that puffiness, water retention, tearfulness, moodiness, um, PMS, and irregular periods as well. So there's quite a few things, as well as insomnia. So there's quite a few things that can be linked with that. Now, we're all biochemically individual, and not the same thing's going to happen for everyone. And it doesn't mean just because you've had one piece of chocolate or one chocolate bar that that's what's going to happen. It's about the compounding effects, what you do on an everyday basis. Um, it's about what happens consistently in your life that's going to have these, that can lead to these um, peaks in insulin and therefore these excess hormones being driven. But another thing, what that is, sorry, I beg your pardon, another thing that the insulin does is it reduces that sex hormone binding globulin. So something to keep in mind as well. You know, therefore, you may have more free circulating hormones. But it's so interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, most of us, we don't really think about our hormones whizzing around our body, you know, at all moments of the day and things like our insulin levels. We're, we're just, you know, we might have, you know, learned about that in biology, GCSE, but actually to think that actually the things that you eat can really impact that. And, and the, the physical effects that that could create is, is very interesting to to think about. Would you are, would you suggest that people try and cut out sugar altogether? What are your general recommendations in terms of sugar? I find that I find that we, we we're very attached to food. We all, myself included, we all have a different relationship to food. And sometimes when you tell someone, you know, that you you need to take the sugar out of the diet that really scares them and actually adds more anxiety. So um, my recommendation is if you are suffering from hormonal conditions, acne, polycystic ovaries, endometriosis, um, if you have low libido, if you have water retention, if you have insomnia, if you have migraines, you know, what have you got to lose by trying mm. to cut out sugar? I think you have quite a bit to gain. Um, and if it does nothing, then, you know, what have you lost? Just a few a few weeks or whatever it is without sugar. But it's not only hormones. You know, you know there's a lot of research around cardiovascular um, conditions as well with sugar. So my recommendation is to cut out as much as possible. Um, and if you love chocolate because I mean that's a word that I, I hear a lot in clinic there's a lot of emotion attached mm. to chocolate then adopting an 80-20 lifestyle uh, is doable 80% and where it's in your control you're not having chocolate and you're having a whole food diet and you're eating as close to nature as possible and you're avoiding the refined carbohydrates 
And 20% of the time, you're letting your hair down, you're having that pina colada and that slice of cake. Um, you know, and it's all about balance. And I, I often have this discussion, and it's something that my sister and I seem to be talking about a lot and continuously. It's something that we're really, <laughs> both really passionate about. And that's if you decide to eat a piece of cake, you are aware of what's in that piece of cake. So you know that there's sugar and refined carbs and it's your choice to eat that piece of cake and you're going to enjoy it. It's your favorite cake. But if you eat that piece of cake and then you're relying on processed foods and a lot of refined carbohydrates and uh, foods that you don't actually know what the ingredients are, before you know it, you have really racked up a lot of sugar in your day. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that scares me because a lot of us are living that life of convenience because it it's busy, life is busy, I get it. And it's easy just to grab something off the shelf, bung it in the microwave and eat that. But then we don't know how much sugar we're actually getting in in a day. And that, I feel like it's an experiment that we did not sign up to, all the sugar and, redu- and removing the good fats. Um, so low fat, high sugar has been like the worst experiment that we were all signed up to. Right, and so... And so it's, it's, it's important, you know, enjoy your cake every now and again, but mm. is it more important to look at the things that you're having every day? And Yeah, uh, it's about consistency above perfection. Mm. And I think that was a key learn for me. And I feel that things started falling into place when I started shifting my mindset to away from either that all or nothing or that perfectionist mindset as well. Yeah, I love that because it's... You know, it's it's so easy if you set yourself a goal of right, I'm not never going to have any sugar ever again, and you fall off the wagon. You know, it's it's easy to punish yourself or to you know go completely the other way and go on a binge or something. But actually, just you know, knowing that it's not about having a perfect diet, it's it's eighty twenty is good enough, mm. and really aiming for that instead. And I think you know, there's so many things that you can try and bring into your diet on a daily basis that can really be beneficial to health Um, and one of those is I call them my detox warriors and that's like bringing in your dark green leafy vegetables your cruciferous vegetables these are are vegetables that are high in fiber and fiber is really important you know having a poop a day is really important for balanced hormones we need to be excreting those spent hormones out of the body and um, we're falling short with our fiber quota or you know, what the, even the government recommendation of fiber has been increased lately right. um, because we, we're just falling short in such a big way. And it's, it's such an important um, part of health is getting enough fiber in. But what these vegetables also contain is, you know, they, they help the body to, and it's, it's a word that, you know, I'm almost scared to say now, but it actually helps the body to detox. It helps body to get that spent testosterone and estrogen out of the body. It's funny, funny you mentioned that word detoxing, mm. how it has become a word that's been demonized. But actually, oh. when you think about it, it just means, you know, obviously, if you're really constipated, your body is not getting rid of its toxins. That's yeah. just obvious. And it shouldn't be demonized. I don't think, you know. It's like become the new four-letter word. Yeah. Oh, can yeah. I say it? I'll tell you one thing. We're not living a life. If we're living that life of 
sugar and stress. And we're not living the life that we were genetically programmed to do. And what we need to then do is we need to make sure that the body has these tools that it needs to perform properly. And I'm not saying go on a... I think what's happened is that there's all these crazy detoxes on the market. And a lot of them are like juice fast or water fast for seven, 14, seven or 14 days. And some of them are just downright unhealthy. And I think this is, this is where the problems come in because we're looking at that and we're looking at this information that's just out there on the internet that doesn't really have um, backing to it or, or certain things that, you know, if you're chronically ill that you need to be doing with your nutritionist, that you, it's almost a guided approach so that you you're not doing anything that can be harmful but when we're looking at detoxing or when when i'm talking about detoxing it's about bringing in the nutrients that we need to help the body do what it's supposed to be doing and if we're just living a life that is full of sugar and processed foods and refined carbohydrates then we're actually missing those cofactors and what that means is it's giving rise to not functioning optimally yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I think there has been this big demonization of the word detox. Mm. And and yet, you know, our bodies didn't evolve to eat um, all these processed foods. And so, of course, it makes sense that if you're reducing that and you're putting healthy stuff in, your body's going to be um, healthier and you're going to feel better. So I think it's just really common sense. What other things can people be doing if they're, if they're listening to this thinking, right, I know I've got issues with my hormones. A lot mm. of the things that Angelique is saying is ringing true for me. What are some simple other simple steps that people can be doing um, in order to sort of start to change things? I think the biggest tool that we've got is to do a food diary. So I would really recommend that people do a week food diary where you're really honest with yourself. And I, I have that in the book, you know, where I'm looking at everything. I'm looking at your mood. I'm looking at your poop. I'm looking at your, I'm not looking at it personally, but you know what I mean. I'm looking at um, how much you're spending on coffee, you know, how many, how much alcohol you're drinking, how many portions of fruit and veg are you getting in and really take a look at that and then think about what you've been doing for the last month six months and a year and you know if you've been doing that consistently then there's changes that need to be made and I think that's a really nice way of looking at that for yourself and like really taking a moment and saying okay this is what I've been doing and just accepting it it's not about beating yourself up at all and then start looking at what tweaks you can make and one of the things that I have found really worked for me and it's worked with clients is to make sure that you're getting a good protein-rich breakfast in the morning. I find that that really helps with hormone conditions. Now, not everyone can eat in the morning, and if that's if you can't eat in the morning, you may need to push that back a bit. But if you wake up in the morning and you're grabbing a cup of coffee and a croissant, then you know those are things that we can easily change to either good um, some eggs uh, with some tomato and spinach, or you could have a bowl of whole oats with some nuts. Um, and nut butter and berries, uh, those type of things. So uh, breakfast is always a nice one to start with. Yeah, it's um, nice and easy as well. And then with every other meal, ask yourself, where's the veg? Um, and if you're having a a sandwich from M&S or wherever, you know, that bit of tomato and lettuce just does not cut it. So um, 
a portion of vegetables is 80 grams or a nice fistful of chunky veg. So um, bringing in more vegetables and making sure that you find some me time. It's not a luxury, it's a necessity. I think those are, are really important starting points where hormones are concerned. Brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. So lots of actionable things that people can be thinking about and starting to put into to practice. Um, oh, if I can mention one more. Yeah, actually. please do. I feel like we, we, we're so lacking in sleep. Mm. So we need to prioritize sleep. And I think um, in today's day and age, it's so difficult to find time to do everything that a lot of us are going to sleep with our phones in our hand. And you know, unfortunately, we again, we have this experiment with mobile phones and tablets and laptops and this blue light just permanently in our faces. And that's, mm. it's having a knock-on effect on our hormones and it's actually disrupting our circadian rhythm and therefore disrupting again, our engaging cortisol, reducing melatonin and not allowing yourself the time to rest and your body the time to rest and repair. Yeah, sleep is so, so important, isn't it? And I personally need about nine hours, if I'm honest. Eight hours mm. isn't enough. I need nine hours. I don't I don't usually get, I probably get about seven and a half. But um, yeah, and just knowing, I think, that sleep is not a luxury. It is actually incredibly essential. And knowing that it can even impact in your hormones, which, you know, hormones <laughs> are the chemical messengers to every part of your body. And so... Um, you know, there's a knock-on effect that we can't necessarily see straight away. So even if you're someone that thinks that they can get away with not getting a lot of sleep or, you know, really could a longer lasting effect. So have a nice early I, night, everyone listening. Have a nice early night. Treat yourself. Treat yourself, exactly. I tell you what, since Isabella, my little one, is a year old now, and um, I've basically been sleep deprived. Well, she's 14 months. I've been sleep deprived for 14 months. It's only in the last couple of months she's been sleeping through the night and it was a great wake up a reminder her wake up call I needed to wake up so I was so tired but um it was a great reminder of how lack of sleep affects everything from your choices of food you make from your mood to your hormones so um you know just really brought home again the importance of sleep and I think that if you want to crave sugar and unfortunately if you want to make sugary food choices lack of sleep is the thing that's going to help you do that yeah I think I remember reading a while ago that not having enough sleep was massively linked to weight gain do you, mm. do you know about that mm -mm. I feel that in linked to to weight gain it actually disrupts our leptin and ghrelin signals so our satiety and our hunger hormones so I think of ghrelin as gremlins they always want more, like, don't feed them after dark. Um, these <laughs> gremlins, they just want more and more and more. And as I said, you know, the body is, is programmed to seek out foods that will actually give us that quick energy. So if you sleep deprived, then you're going to find it easier, like your cravings may increase. So if you find that your cravings are out of control at the moment, take a little look at the last few weeks. Like, have, have you been getting a deep rested sleep or are you going to bed with your phone? Are you waking up immediately checking your phone? It's like anytime you 
how many times you're getting up to go to the loo or you're drinking too much water before bed. There's so many different things. But this lack of sleep and this elevated stress, it's going to have a knock-on effect on your thyroid as well. So, you know, your master metabolism hormone. Um, so this just it's so interlinked. And it's I hope I'm doing it justice with, with these explanations because... You know, I, I talk about this Viennese waltz and, and our monthly cycle feels like that. It should be this beautiful, you know, this, our hormones ebb and flow during the month. And on a daily basis, it's not just your period, you know, not just the bleed. Um, there's just so many different hormones at play. But a lot of us are walking around like we're doing the hokey pokey and we're using the wrong feet. Mm. And we're just feeling out of sorts and we, we're we not able to retain new information and we're grumpy and we... Um, we got lack of libido and there's just so much going on and I feel that we can make these consistent changes you know just by bringing in a few portions of good fats by making sure you have enough protein by reducing your sugar um, getting enough sleep making some time for you getting some meditation and increasing your veggies I mean it sounds like a lot but these are doable actionable things that you can do consistently and I think it, you know, it sounds like it's those little changes here and there that can make a big difference if you do kind of a lot of little tweaks in terms of your diet and your lifestyle. I think it can really um, pay off. But can, can we talk a little bit about, I was going to wrap it up, but I've just realised I have like a million more questions for you. So I might just keep <laughs> you for another few minutes. If that's all right. Um, yeah, that's perfect. What about, because I did an earlier podcast about hormones and, and PMS in particular. Um, for someone who is struggling with, their monthly cycle and, and maybe having mood swings or um, feeling very tearful or breaking up with their boyfriend like what I used to do. Um, what advice would you have, have for them? Is there anything that they should be including in their diet or trying to cut out or anything like that? So were you saying for PMS type symptoms? Exactly, yeah. Mm. So PMS, there's over 150 symptoms associated with PMS. And, um, you know, it's like I used to feel like I was going crazy. Yeah. I don't know if, like, I, I thought like I was actually losing control when, when, when it came. And I, I found myself phoning friends afterwards and saying, yeah, I'm sorry I was such a cow. I'm actually quite a nice person. Yeah. <laughs> the start of my period, I understand what it was. But um, with um, PMS, uh, you know, making sure you're getting good amounts of B vitamins in. So enough calcium, enough B vitamins magnesium so you know you could be getting in so making sure you get your whole grains in uh, making sure you're getting in some nuts um having some magnesium rich foods are like your dark green leafy vegetables bringing those type of foods in on a daily basis can help reduce those pms symptoms um so a, gr a green smoothie with some added nuts in um and maybe putting in some whole oats in that as well could help um, and some flax seeds, so ground flax seeds, which can help promote with healthy estrogen metabolism. And then good fats, so um, which are found in, in oily fish like salmon, avocados, and um, anchovies, for example, sardines. Did I say avocados? Yes. Salmon, avocados. So avocado is not a fish. So put that out there. <laughs> um, sorry about that. <laughs> um, but having avocados is also helpful because high in vitamin E and oleic acid, which is omega-9. So um, bringing those types of foods in can, yeah. can really help. 
but it, it's about consistency. It's not about like eating one avocado and then thinking that that's going to help with PMS. So it's making sure you're doing doing that regularly and and yeah. making those little changes, but keeping them going at the same time. And I also find that um, where supplements are concerned, like people will come to me with a whole bag of supplements, and I, I just want to put a little note out on that. You know, supplements like nutrients and minerals work in in synergy. So um, unless you're working with a nutritional therapist, you know, taking like these high doses of any single supplement is is not beneficial. Uh, and can be can be dangerous as well. But um, I found that a lot of ladies have responded well with something like evening primrose oil, mm. where PMS is concerned. Okay, that's we good all to biochemically know. individual, so what works for one doesn't necessarily work for the other. So that's why it's about consistency, mm. consistency, mm. consistency. And um, and I keep banging on about that, but it's it's really key. Amazing. So there's definitely some things that people can be trying and, you know, everyone is different. So see, see what might work for you, but try something out for, for a good amount of time and do it consistently and, mm-hmm. um, you know, make a note of what changes you might, you might notice and, and how you're feeling. Um, I think that's so key is actually write down how you feel today. Mm. Because our body is amazing at forgetting how rubbish you feel. So um, I do this with my clients. So I'll often go back to my first notes with them and look at the symptoms that they told me in the initial consultation. And they're like, so if, so if someone comes to me, um, so a lot of the time it's weight loss that brings the client through the door. But then we find out that, you know, it's not just about the fact. Calories in, calories out is quite an old paradigm. Um, outdated. And there's normally, there's other things that we need to be addressing in yeah. the body. And, um, and if they, if I go through all the things that they told me in the initial consultation, a lot of the time people are so amazed at how far they've come, but the body's amazing at forgetting um, pain, which is fantastic. Otherwise, I don't think after one child, I don't think anyone would have more, (laughs) you know, after that labor. Um, So, you know, it's really good to take a note of how you feel today so that you can look back on it and really give yourself a pat on the back. Such a good idea to do that. Definitely. And you can, yeah, see the progress you've made and um, it might motivate you to keep going as well. Exactly. So where can people find out more about you and your work? On my website, so angelipanagos.com. I'm always loading up new blogs and I have a newsletter that goes out as well. Um, which is filled with tips and and recipes. And I'm always open to hearing what everyone would like to know more of because I know what I'd like to tell, but I'd like to hear and make sure that that's exactly what people want to hear. So I'm always open for suggestions on blogs and topics and Facebook Lives. I'm on Facebook as well, Angelique Panagos Nutrition, or Instagram, um, Angelique Panagos, and on Twitter, AP Nutrition. And I should really choose one name for all of them. So I'll work on that as well. <laughs> it's, as soon as the names aren't available, so that's not always possible, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I know this. Um, and then where can they find your book? If people are interested in looking up The Balance Plan, where's the best place to buy that? So uh, The Balance Plan is available on Amazon and um, Waterstones. And um, it's out in America as well. And it's in Germany. So um, it's really and in South Africa in the bookstores there. So um, it's, it's in a lot of 
of um, well-known bookstores and obviously on wonderful Amazon. Um, so yeah, I'd love it if, if anyone does get hold of the book, they can let me know what they think and if they have any questions. There's a 20, um, a 20 sorry, there's a, a food plan, a four-week food plan at the back with all the recipes as well. So um, it's information as well as recipes. Brilliant. So yeah, definitely go and go and check that out. Um, Angelique, thank you so much for chatting to me. It's been a pleasure as always. And, thank you for um, having me. Yeah. I've enjoyed I'll, this. I'll see you soon. I'll see you soon. Thanks a lot. Bye. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.